Hello and welcome to this podcast, Yes, I Have a Voice. My name is Ruth Lewis-Cost and I am a caregiver and I am blessed to be looking after my elderly parents. I started this podcast to remind ourselves that looking after those in need is a privilege. As unpaid caregivers, we need to have a voice. We need to be able to shout loud and be proud of our status. And caregiving has no age. People of all ages are caregivers. This is my way of supporting you all emotionally and practically with tools from other caregivers on how to find the joy in your situation and make amazing memories. So let's dive into this week's episode. So today I have with me Laura Rantia. I hope I pronounced that correctly. You did. Great job. (laughs) Who is a caregiver for her mother. And um, we're going to hear from her and her story. So welcome, Laura. And yeah, let's hear a bit about Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, so my name is Laura. Um, I have been caring for my mom since about 2016. About 2013, she was uh, diagnosed with Parkinson's. Um, And then a few years later, she was diagnosed with Lewy by dementia. It was around 2016 that she had, I call it her episode. She called me in the middle of the night and she was telling me that there was blood on the walls, that there were men in the house. And it was obviously, it it wasn't actually happening, but it was very scary for her. And it was just to a point where she actually ended up in a geriatric psychiatric unit for a couple of weeks. And after that, she just physically and mentally wasn't able to be alone. So at that time, uh, in 2016, um, I was working full time as an RN. I was uh, a hospice nurse. Um, I also had a little one. I think she was about four then and, and married. And so uh, we actually found a facility near us and she lived there for about a year. But over that year, she very quickly and wrapped and it was a big decline, I should say. As I mentioned, I was a hospice nurse and part of my job was determining if people were eligible for hospice. And at the time, she definitely was. So my husband and I made a decision that we did not want her to pass away in a facility. So um, we were in a two-story, three-bedroom house, which we ended up putting on the market and sold and moved across town into a four-bedroom single story so she could move in with us. Um, And I quit my job at that point indefinitely just to be with her. Um, So good news was (laughs) she, she really seemed to rally when she was with us, which also just showed me how important environment is for people. So all of a sudden we found ourselves, you know, just kind of indefinitely, <laughs> which it was great. Let me, and let me say, I was very happy that she, <laughs> she rallied, but you know, we weren't prepared to do caregiving long-term. So all of a sudden, you know, here we are taking care of my mom for, and now it's been almost five years. 
And that often happens, doesn't it? Because it's definitely in my case, it's been very sudden and you're not really, yes. you know, it might come one day. You're, kind of, you're never prepared right. for when it actually comes. And this right. is something that hits the caregiver at, at any age, because yeah. I, I don't know what age your age, your group is. Yeah, I'm 46 right now. So I was 41 at the yeah. time. Okay. So, yeah. you know, I'm older, I'm in my 60s, but, you know, mm-hmm. something at any age and right. we're never prepared for it. And I don't know, how did you find getting the right help for her? Yeah. Now, are you talking about as far as um, doctors and medicine or are you talking about like other caregivers coming in when you say I help? think other caregivers more? Yeah, that's like one thing. Like if I talk to somebody who's new to caregiving, I'm like, okay, first thing, take a b- deep breath. <laughs> Second thing, educate yourself on whatever's affecting your your loved one, you know, whether it's dementia or something else. And then third thing, build your team because you need help. You know, you have to have help when you're doing this. So in my case, as I mentioned, uh, I had been an RN uh, working in hospice. So there were some CNAs that I had worked with that I actually reached out to. Um, so right off the bat, I had about three different women, women coming in. CNAs, what, what's that? Oh, sorry. Uh, certified nursing assistant. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, they would, uh, it, within hospice, they would, they would go to people's homes a couple times a week and help with bathing and, and, you know, lots of, uh, daily activities of daily living. We call them ADLs here. So, it would be, like I said, either daily or, um, you know, for a few hours, uh, they would come in and help. Um, and we did that for a couple years. So yeah, so that's how I, that's how I originally found my help. Um, like I said, the three different ladies, they would, you know, we kind of came up with the schedule and, uh, that was definitely very helpful and necessary. Uh, but I will add that I don't know sometimes that, you know, at least I didn't think about right away. While it was great to have them there, it was also really hard to have not only my mom in the house, but now, you know, the caregivers too. It was it was an added like invasion, if, you know. So that was kind of something I had to get used to as well. Yeah, I can understand that that can Mm -hmm. cause some resentment. And, you know, I I hear myself at times getting irritated with my parents, really, when I know I should be more patient. And it's a learning Mm. for all of us. Oh, for sure. So what is it that, you know, all of us can do to learn that patience? I mean, have you, did you find a way to Mm -hmm. learn to like take a breath or did you meditate or what did you do to help you so that you weren't always getting angry. (laughs) Right, right. Well, first of all, um, which took me a long time. I just like, I learned how to forgive myself for when I wasn't the perfect daughter, perfect caregiver, because um, you it it just there's so many different emotions you're going to go through, you know, you're going to get angry, you're going to get resentful, you're gonna feel guilty. And that's normal, you know, and, and you learn to separate Um, my Instagram, I called Dear Dementia because my whole thing is I had to learn how to have a relationship. Like I, you know, I was, I started it because I'm, I was like talking to the disease. I had to learn how to live with it. I had to learn how to separate it from, you know, it wasn't my mom. So self-care. Yeah, that's huge. And I'm, I'm pretty good at 
that most of the time. So yes, I, I do a lot of the things you mentioned. I, it, I do meditate. Um, I'm going for walks is a big thing for me or some form of exercise. I also have gone to therapy. I see somebody every other week. I have a very supportive husband who I can talk to and was very hands-on when um, my mom was living with us, especially. So, um, yeah, I, and, and in the beginning too, I found almost that when I moved my mom in, I kind of was like giving up my life. I did everything on her schedule. Like she was somebody who always liked to get up early. So I would make sure I was in her room by 645 and I would actually get her ready before the caregivers got here, which looking back, I, I don't know why at first I didn't let them do that, but you learn, you know, as you go along. Um, I guess I did that because I think she made it clear she wanted me to do that for her, but I had to realize it was better for me and her if it was somebody else. So uh, yeah, once I learned also to have some boundaries for myself and, and not feel guilty if I wasn't uh, doing everything on her, I wouldn't, I don't even want to say her terms. I put those terms out there, but I had just, yeah, I had to find that, that balance. And again, realize I wasn't, I was now her caregiver, but that wasn't all that I was at this point. You know, I had to still fit in my life. <laughs> yeah. I feel, I feel it can, if, if one lets it, it, it can become your identity yes. and it doesn't need- exactly doesn't mean right um, right I know with with my parents who are not it's not dimension dimension yeah. <laughs> right officially they're elderly and therefore they're getting very forgetful and and I sure. think that's more of a normal course with them and it's physical mm-hmm. things with them that are kind of like you know dropping off as it were yeah. going south if you want to say yes that. yes um, yes very very forgetful both of them mm-hmm. and um I find that uh, very kind of I, I get really irritated and I've got to find ways uh to kind of like chill a bit so I know that mm-hmm. I have to be in a good mood to be able mm-hmm. to to help them properly and that, right. that really helps but tell me I know that you found ways and, and still do find ways mm-hmm. to have fun with your mum. still mm-hmm. take her out. And I know with, you know, dementia, it's about they live in the now, which actually, yes. let's face it, if you're if you're into any kind of, you know, universal, spiritual, etc., mm-hmm. it's all about living in the now. So actually they're exactly. doing what we all apparently should be doing. <laughs> Right. So that's good. That's, you know, that's, that's cool. That's a great, yes. <laughs> um, and not to find them because they've kind of pro- yeah. forgotten about the past mm-hmm. largely, although not all of it, I know. But um, right. so what is it you do with your mom where you still have fun? Mm-hmm. No, that's a good one. You're right. Because um, you can definitely find some good lessons, even, you know, when things are hard and living in the moment is a huge one. So some ways that I've tried to do that with her. Um, I try to think of things that she enjoyed in the past and incorporate what she can still enjoy. So she would always go like daily (laughs) to this Starbucks and she had a group of friends. So um, for a long time prior to COVID, we were still able to do that. Either a caregiver would take her or I would take her. Um, Now things have slowly, you know, kind of started to open back up somewhat you know at least we're here where we are um so we could actually last week I went with her and her caregiver to Starbucks and sat for about an hour and just visited and um 
you know, some of the people that she knew came by and she really seemed to enjoy that. Sometimes I actually, the house that we bought uh, is only about four houses down from her house, which is the house I grew up in. (laughs) So um, that worked out. And so sometimes my youngest daughter and I, she's eight now, um, we, when my mom got sick, we took in her dog. So we walked her dog down and just sat out front at the house and spent some time with her. But also I will sometimes watch movies, um, which doesn't always hold her attention. But if I find ones that she has liked in the past or has music um, or music, she is a huge Beatles fan. You know, even to this day, if I play music, she'll start dancing, you know, in her in her seat. <laughs> We've taken drives to the ocean and um, she likes, you know, she enjoys food. We'll share a meal. So, yeah, there's definitely lots of things that can still bring joy since she's been back in her house full time with a full time caregiver, we've been trying to do these monthly girl dinners. We either go there, her caregiver likes to cook a lot, or we come here. And I have an older daughter also who's 23, and a niece who's, you know, my mom's her grandma, uh, who's also 23, who joins in. So there's always things that you can still find to have fun together. Yeah, I think. I think. From the sounds of it, um, it, it I, I know with my mother in particular, yeah. having people around is so stimulating and so yeah. good and they love it. Unfortunately, where, where, where I am, we're still in lockdown. So that's not. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Is, is a caregiver and me. Yes. Um, but, you know, that will obviously change. Um, so right, I sure. just feel it's it, that is so important to still have lots of people coming around and, you know, so entertaining in in a certain way it's huge on this with stimulation and I think stimulation is something so important for everybody I any age yes I completely agree and my mom was always a very social person and um you know and also something that I have noticed at least with in her situation and having dementia sometimes it can kind of scare people away And sometimes they don't, you know, they don't see the same person that they knew. And it's just hard for them to be around. Um, But she does have a lot of family and friends who are still coming around. So it's, it's, you know, it, it, it can be isolating. So, you know, it's important to make sure that, you know, she's, that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. And what yeah. about you? Have, 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 mm-hmm. Now that she has a full time caregiver, are you kind of rebinding, rediscovering your life again and getting back to what you were doing? Definitely. Um, so that that move just happened last December. So it hasn't been or beginning of December. Yeah. So it hasn't been too long. Um, before that, I did go back to work part-time. I work at an adult day healthcare center. So there's actually, um, as you know, as a nurse there, there's a, a large dementia population and it's somewhere, I don't know if, if you guys have centers like this where you're at, but, um, it's a daycare for seniors. They come, um, before COVID, you know, they would come during the day and there's lots of activities and socialization and, so um, that, that's that been nice. But since she's been back, I'm still working part-time. Um, but yeah, I am just kind of 
you know, it just got so hard for me, even though I am a nurse, it's just very different when it's your own parent, and um, she's pretty much full care. She can feed herself, but other than that, she needs help with everything. So, I mean, literally there was a day I was, you know, holding her and we were falling to the ground. I'm trying to pull up her brief and I'm just in tears, you know, my back's killing. I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. <laughs> you know, I just can't do this anymore. There's got to be a better way for both of us. So yeah, it's been, it's been great. And I can have more of a, you know, all there, although I'm still, you know, very much her primary caregiver, as far as, you know, there's lots of things <laughs> to be taken care of. It allows me to be more of a daughter, which, you know, I was just starting to feel just more of a caregiver. So, yeah, I, I, I'm working part-time. I, you know, of course, got my husband and my daughters. And um, I did kind of find an interest, of very much an interest in, in writing when she was here. I felt that was actually therapeutic too. And when I started in my dementia and I was started some other writing projects. So uh, I'm kind of working on a book right now for caregivers. Um, Cause just like you said, I want to, I want one people just to know what it entails, but to, you know, make them not feel so alone. And so, yeah, it's, it, it, I am definitely getting back in touch with, you know, who I am and what I want to do. <laughs> it's good for people to know that there is mm-hmm. there is a life to be had whether it's a, something you embrace incorporating what you're having to do yeah. and use that as something to use going forward just like perhaps you yeah. and I are doing um, right something that you you're just able to do it, it kind of I think perhaps shows you other options that yes. you can take so Laura thank you so much for your time yeah thank you and I uh, wish you well and your mum and everyone else in your family thank you to you and yours as well <laughs> thank you for listening and don't forget if you like this episode please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a five-star review it really helps see you next time <laughs>